want to learn about random stuff. Thanks, tiny computer. Thanks, tiny computer. Thanks, tiny computer. Thanks, tiny Hello. Computer. Hi. <laughs> Welcome. That's Taryn. That's Sheridan. This is our podcast. Thanks, Thanks tiny, tiny computer. computer. Ooh, look at that timing. <laughs> We're so good. We are. So how's your week going? Uh, do you want the honest answer? Absolutely. Big sigh. Um, it's been a little rough. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's been rough for you. It's been rough for everyone. I'm yeah. afraid. So, I had a leadership meeting yesterday mm-hmm. and Monday, and I was really excited because that was what we talked about was what's been going on in the country. What's been going on? Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Pandemics. George Floyd and just the reaction in in the communities across the country. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was just really impressed with our leadership in the district that that was something we just discussed it right away. It was not something that we were like brushing over and not addressing. It's It's been a big deal. Even Junior League put out a big formal statement, which we were like all proud of. They posted it for the public, but they put it in our group too. And um, like there was a really big response, positive response. Good. It's important. And I think also um, an issue that I have is that our district superintendent posted um, a picture of Colin Kaepernick kneeling and mm-hmm. then a picture of George Floyd and the police officer and said, which one bothers you? Like you need to ask yourself yeah. which one you have a problem with. And then some woman commented and I kind of went off and but I just felt I was like, this is my person that I need to talk to about this. And yeah. I even said that to her in the comment. I was like, even if I don't change your opinion or your is mind. Is this someone you work with? Uh, No, it oh. was just somebody that is friends with the superintendent on Facebook. Oh, oh okay. Um, I know it was, I never really do that kind of thing. I would never just like single somebody out, but I was just like, I told now her, I was like, not the time. I was like, if you, if I, if I don't get through to you, I've wasted no time. Mm-hmm. I, my job now is to educate people as much as I can. Yeah. That's what I, and I told her, I was like, I'm a teacher. So that's what I do. Um, anyways, so it's been a rough week as far as that goes and then just talking about it a lot with everybody I know and I'm sure that's the same for you but um yeah it's been a rough week for me too and there's like extremists I feel like on well obviously on the all lives matter side don't even get me started we don't even have to go there but there's this other side there's this like group of white kids who are being idiots and I'm like you're not helping you're making things worse by trying to start violence and I mean I'm dealing with this personally Mm -hmm. so you know I'm like god the media isn't it's like just a really weird time for me dealing with what the media is saying and what I'm dealing in my own personal life um and I also I'm always an ally for people of color and for any minority and but I, I really struggle with talking about it because I don't want to offend anybody. Right. And by anybody, I mean people of color, you know. Right. So, and I don't want to talk out of turn and I don't want to talk about stuff that I don't know about because I don't know. Well, and I, um, a friend of mine, she used to be the health clerk at our school um, and she's moved on to do other things, but I, she kept posting like that Monday, like mm-hmm. all these things. And I wanted to la- I liked them or loved them on Facebook and I wanted to comment and be like, I'm here for you. You know, all this, but every time I'd write something out, I was just like, my white privilege is all over this comment. I know I can't, I can't tell you how many comments I deleted. Um, one of my black friends posted when's, when, when's the first time you dealt with racism? And I was really contemplating on commenting on that because I had never really dealt with racism obviously directed towards me because I'm a white girl but um the first time I really blatantly saw racism and I wanted to share it because I wanted to take part of the conversation and I wanted 
I don't know. It, I didn't post it because it's a very sensitive time and I want right. to, it's not my time to talk. It is my time to listen. But um, I actually started reading a book called So You Want to Talk About Race. It's by a woman named Ijoma Oluo. Pardon my pronunciation. Her family's from Nigeria. Um, so, that was, it sounded great. But basically, it's a book for anybody and how to have a conversation about race. And I mean, I'm only on chapter two, but basically one of my initiatives is to really start educating myself on so I can have a conversation about it because I think it we've always been taught you know we don't talk about it it's not polite conversation um but it needs I need to feel more comfortable talking about it because it's something that I care about right we have to kind of put our comfort aside yeah and make sure that our voice as an ally is as educated as possible exactly I also um bought some books I bought um, the new Jim Crow, which I started not last night, but the night before. And I've heard a lot of people. I want to read that. Yeah. So I'm going to try and finish it and give it to you next. Um, and then I bought the a book called The Fire This Time. And that book is kind of like a compilation book of different short stories. And that came about after Trayvon Martin's death. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of the stories really focus on that, but it's really interesting. I read a few of the short stories so far. Um, there are a lot longer stories I haven't read yet so I've kind of just been bouncing around but and then I also bought a language of healing for a polarized nation mm-hmm. um and it is a book about how to get in the comfort zone and talk about these things so that, that sounds awesome yeah so that one's kind of an important one that I want to read next after the new Jim Crow one of my goals is just I feel like obviously when someone is murdered especially a person of color, it is like you feel that fire and it's so important to not let that fire burn out. And I feel like a lot of people, including myself, although I really try just kind of like, okay, we get used to it. The dust settles, we move on. Then something else terrible happens. Yeah. So one of my goals is to really keep the conversation. Um, I got like a list of locally owned black businesses and I'm gonna try to put my money where my where your mouth is where my mouth is (laughs) yeah no truly I mean we have to support the people we're fighting for and that's one of the best ways we can do it and make sure that they're supported yeah um and know that they are valued people in our community and yeah we just have to keep keep you like you said keep that conversation going yeah um there were some positives this week and I was like it's hard sometimes to be happy or to celebrate during such a rough time. I know. I even text you pictures because I was like, I feel like I can't post anything. I know. Yeah. I am privileged. And the fact that I'm sitting around swimming on, you know, I'm like, I can't post that on social media Definitely. when people are being murdered. Like, Yeah. And it's just so tense everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everyone's you, ready to fight. Everybody's ready to fight. And yeah. And so you don't want to have to defend what you're posting or what you're saying but also like it's hard for everybody right now we should be able to grasp onto these little celebrations or these Mm -hmm. tiny glimmers of hope and and celebrate them we really should be able to but one of the things i wanted to talk about was that miller definitely tried out for company (laughs) yay she finally made the decision to do it and um she made the team so that's very exciting I'll edit some clapping in right I there. Know, can I um, <laughs> but yeah, so I was really excited about that. I wanted to share that with the world because she's finally feeling the fire again. I think. Well, from, she got to go in person, right? She got to go in person. Well, she got to go inside the studio, which was a very big deal. Yeah. She was very excited. Her best friend was right after her. And Aww. so she Did got Delaney to, make it? Yes, Delaney made it too. Um, and so... Um, Yes, they got to go in, but she was like, I was nervous the whole time I was dancing, but I think I'll make it. (laughs) Um, But she said that she went in there and two of the senior girls who won't be back, obviously they graduated, um, but they were in the room to like handle the music and tell them like where to start and stand. But the judges were on Zoom because of social distancing and just trying to keep everybody healthy. Um, 
they had everybody just on Zoom and it was like silent. So they didn't say, you know, there was less mm, reason to be nervous, I think. Yeah. Uh, she was like, when I walked in, they were on the computer. I, don't, I didn't think that was going to happen. And I was like, well, was it better? And she was like, yeah, definitely. So I think that was really good. Um, but I had talked to some of the other moms about if their children were trying out or not. And a lot of moms were telling me that their children were on the fence, too. Just this coronavirus really wiped them all out. Mm-hmm. Our studio was great about still having classes through Zoom. And that's really great. But... It's There's not the some, same. yeah, the energy from the room and your friends is very different than your mom being like, hey, go in the dining room and dance. Like, <laughs> yeah. So um, I think they all kind of got rejuvenated and ready for this year. So I'm excited. She has to start practicing this summer. I didn't even think about it. She'll have classes. Um, but yeah. I, uh, Devin and I watched, we finally were like, you want to watch a movie? We haven't watched a movie. We've just been watching shows. Oh. Um and I was like, let's watch a movie. I really want to watch Swiss Family Robinson. Yes. So we watched it. It's like a childhood favorite of mine and yours. Yes, we definitely. were We're like, let's be that. We love. <laughs> Can someone shipwreck us, please? Yeah. <laughs> so have you watched it? Yeah, I just made, Miller and I just watched it. Okay. How do you feel about all the animals in it? Animal abuse? It definitely <laughs> happened. It was the totally. beginning. I, was I mean, like, this was before PETA for sure. It really was. There were, now there's laws in Hollywood where you, I mean. They were they literally have... floating them in the ocean. Yes. There was no other way they Those did that. Those dogs were just paddling <laughs> in the ocean between rocks. They're like, okay, now, Great Danes. <laughs> when they wrestled the anaconda. Uh-huh. They, she was pregnant and they're wrestling her. A real life anaconda, I know. Oh my gosh. Did you look that up? <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I debated on doing my whole story about Swiss Family Robinson, but I um, decided just to make it a story about my week. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, okay, pregnant anaconda. That's where I draw the line. But you know what makes me sad? When we were in Disney World, we didn't go to the Swiss Family Robinson I know. tree house. I asked you guys to come back. When Miller and I were buying that pineapple like whip. We, we were getting so hot and tired and we, we just were. found that spot that was magical. Yeah. And even when you all said no and Miller and I were walking past, I was like, you want to go in? And she was like, no. Like she was out too. <laughs> yeah. Like, we just needed to sit down. Um, Another thing I wanted to celebrate this week was yesterday we did what's called a reverse parade. Where we made sure that everybody in our school got a yearbook this year. They didn't have to pay for them. We did ask for donations because it turned out to be a lot more money than we had expected. Um, But every student in the school was given a yearbook. And so we did a reverse parade and all the teachers stood out and they're like in a line and they came through our circle drive and we got to hand them their report cards and candy and stuff. And then they got their yearbook. So it was really nice to see all my kids. I had... Almost all of my kids came through. Good. I had only three from my homeroom that didn't. You know, it's just nice, too, that you guys gave them that little gift. Like, remember this year. Yes. Remember your friends. Definitely. And also, we had our fifth graders who didn't get to have their graduation and stuff. Or, well, we called a promotion, of course. But, um, so, our librarian is the one who puts our yearbooks together. And she made, like, a very nice page for the fifth graders, like, a couple pages and just dedicated to them and then also our um secretary who's been at our school since it started so eight years um she's retiring this year so she made a special page for her too so that was nice it was really nice and it was really nice to see all the kids and also the fifth graders i was like don't cry again in front of them they're so sweet oh my gosh we have the best kids um well i started my summer classes so oh yeah i'm doing what? microbiology and developmental psychology easy peasy yeah so <laughs> those don't sound hard at all <laughs> we'll see how it goes i mean i'm i set up a schedule i i'm not very good i'm not very self-motivated <laughs> so uh, well online classes are way Ooh. harder and it's eight weeks Ugh, those are like so it's really fast paced yeah it's oh. normally 16 weeks but it's not shortened so the information's many- not shortened 
in eight weeks you can do it it'll be fine it'll be over before we know it <sighs> man that sounds like fun um so one more thing i wanted to tell you um so i was telling you that i wanted to volunteer for food on the move yeah and re posted that they needed some more volunteers and i didn't know it was every thursday that they were doing the teacher food uh-huh. are you gonna do so it so i'm gonna help tomorrow oh, good. Um, see how it goes because i was just i was like i really want to help and do something i thought that and- email i sent you had that volunteer information in it you know, I don't read your whole email. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think I did skim yours because I had already known yeah. that we were getting oh, that food. You're like, I'm already getting the food. You didn't see the volunteer right. opportunity. So I just was like, oh, yeah, I know. Thanks. Anyways. So did you message me? Yeah. She posted it on Facebook. I commented. I was like, I do work for the district, but can I still help? And she's like, yeah, I'm be happy Always, to have you. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited. And also I'll see a bunch of people I know probably. But, um, but last week. When I went to Food on the Move. to get, um, So in Tulsa, they've been doing this thing. It's called Food on the Move, where they make sure they go to the food deserts and they give out food to families, fresh pr- produce and like milk and things like that. Taryn, you probably know way more details, but that's the gist of it. Yeah. Um, but they're also doing um, for the month of June. For the summer, maybe. I don't remember what it said. I don't Again, know. I don't read my whole email. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, every Thursday they're giving a box of food to teachers. Um, and I, I volunteered with them and their food. I mean, I took, I've taken stuff home too yeah. because it's all good stuff. I was amazed at what we got in our box. But um, last week when I went to pick up mine, it was very organized. It was awesome. But one of the helpers and organizers of Food on the Move is Taylor Hansen of Hansen. And... Me and Taryn have been very big Hanson fans our whole lives. We've been to many countless concerts and we live in Tulsa where they live. So we see them often. But um, he was there and I was like, oh, I can see him. That's fine. He's over there. But then whenever I was about to pull out, they made us kind of wait in our spots until the organizer said, OK, come in. Like your line can mm-hmm. go. Your line can yeah. go. And he ended up standing right in front of my car. And <laughs> I'm I'm like, hee, 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 like giggling like a it's little. It's so hard not to be like, hey. In the backseat. And Miller's like, what are you laughing about? And I was like, it's nothing. Well, then he starts waving. He's waving at everybody. But in my heart, he was waving directly at me. And I got this big, huge wave and smile. And I was like, thank you. Like, I mean, very just it's so hard for me. I get butterflies and I'm like, he, his daughter was in the same dance class as my daughter. Like, they're not that big of people. They're just normal people. They're but just normal people. In my brain, I, I can't. I was like six, no, what, seven or eight. And forever I, fangirl. Uh, I no, just, I was probably nine-ish whenever... I, I first got my uh, Boomerang album. Well, I remember going to Georgia when our cousins lived there Mm -hmm. and listening to a cassette like over and over again. And just, it was a cassette. That's how long we've been listening to Hanson. They're still cute. They're still cute. We still love Hanson. They're just our homies now. Yeah. (laughs) So you want to get started? Yeah, you go first this week, right? I go first. Thank goodness, because we'll see how this goes. Okay. I know. Mine's, I think this week we're both feeling a little serious, and so maybe it was a little harder to pick our funnier goofs, but anyway. Mine isn't necessarily funny. It's just... Oh, I bet it's hilarious. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. Let's hear it. So I was cruising through Facebook, and there was this link going around that was like, what you see in these images and what it says about you. Click now. Oh, I love those. Yeah. So, of course, I clicked. I mean, what else do I have going on right now? <laughs> Clickbait. Yeah. <laughs> so, it was the Rorschach inkblot test. Oh, I love this. <laughs> have you taken it yet? No. Will you please send it to me? Yeah. It's okay. a BuzzFeed one. So, you know, it's highly accurate. <laughs> Shout out to BuzzFeed. That was awesome. I know. They have the best quizzes. It's true. I do love their quizzes. So these are those famous inkblot images that you see in like every movie scene where the actor is being psychoanalyzed by a psychiatrist. Um, They are actually used to examine a person's personality and emotional functioning. And it's used a lot of times with people 
for with people who have thought disorder, which is like the reluctancy to speak their mind. Do you know a thought disorder? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Sorry. So thought disorders, if you, you're reluctant to speak your mind. Okay. No, you do not have thought disorder. Well, maybe you do. I think I do. That's why I was asking for more <laughs> well, good thing I have a little Please. activity plan for us. <laughs> Please psychoanalyze me. Um, so uh, uh, the inkblot test was very popular in the 60s, which is not shocking at all. But I wondered, too, like, did they do LSD while they were doing these inkblots? But- the, the, the psychologist? <laughs> The patients. But yes, it'd be probably more fun for the psychologist. Like, what do you see, man? (laughs) (laughs) So they were used very popularly in the 60s, but they were actually like the inkblot idea has been around since like Leonardo da Vinci and Botticelli. Uh, They have very similar ideas. um, But I just was like, aren't they artists and inventors? And psychologists? (laughs) They were? No. (laughs) In my research, I don't know. (laughs) That's perfect. Yes. But basically, I was like, they don't really count, but you could still have the idea. Anyways, it's not as popular anymore. They just maybe had thought disorder and that helped them. Yeah. I don't know. So, like, the the creator of this was actually an artist, like, growing up, but he was also really into medicine. So... What's his name? I'm going to get to it. Oh, (laughs) <laughs> His name's Herman Rorschach. Okay, that Rorschach is what I was going to ask. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Um, but it, so it's not as popular here anymore, but it is still used. And according to the internet, Japan is like obsessed with the Rorschach ink blot test. Like every psychologist does it. Wow. Obviously, I, the internet can lie. Who knows? No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> or else we wouldn't have this podcast right now. Though ink blots were extremely studied. Uh, there's still a lot of criticisms about the test and it that it's like just too objective it's not reliable and just like the general validity of the test but you know who knows yeah it's all a little bit pseudoscience-y at times well and I watched a video one time where they showed the same ink blot to a group of people all mm-hmm. different ages range, whatever um, and like they kind of grouped it by what people saw. They're like, a bear, a bear. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody thought they saw a bear. And then it was like, boobs, boobs. Like, no, how does one group see a bear <laughs> and one group see boobs, you know? And yeah. then there was some other ones thrown in. And then, like, one guy was like, this is like a, a war. And there's a, per- like, very detailed. And they're like, okay. Yeah, like, I watched. So I was trying to find some interesting facts. And I was watching this video from Vanity Fair. They're on the Golden Globe red carpet doing ink blot tests to the celebrities. What? Yes. And you know who's on there and was so funny? Was, you and McGregor. No. Oh, darn it. You want one more guess? <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal. Gael. A uh, Gael? Yeah. Uh, he was on there and he was very, you know. <laughs> very Gael. Yeah. Yes. He's so sexy. Um, so let's talk about the founder. His name is Herman Rorschach, as I mentioned before. Um, and let's just go ahead and get this out of the way. He was very attractive. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> Wait, you didn't bring a picture? <laughs> I did, actually. I'll oh, my gosh, here. yes. Yeah, he's like, a lot of people on the internet are like, oh, he looks like Brad Pitt. Okay. Yeah. People, I'll do your ink blot test. People are obsessed. I know. I was like, hey, you can psychoanalyze me anytime. Yeah. That's Brad Pitt. Thank you. When they make the movie of this guy, it's going to be Brad it's, Pitt. It has to be Brad Pitt. Because we all know Brad Pitt. There's like, a few more pictures aging. of him online that are pretty cute, too. All right. So he's uh, Swiss and he's a psychiatrist and he created the formal test in 1921. Um, but. You know, he wasn't like the only person who believed in ink blots. It it said he was inspired by this German doctor, Justinus Kerner, who wrote a book of poems inspired by accidental ink blots. Oh, I know. I wanted to look more into it. Like, how more poetic could you possibly be? True. Oh, this ink blot. True. Um, I was kind of out. like along the lines of people who read tea leaves and things like that. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay, not to talk about the Real Housewives again, but. They had their coffee grounds read by oh. this um, 
Hungarian woman, I think. Yes, Hungarian. I, when I go to New York next time, I'm like going to go see her. She was amazing. Okay. And she didn't say anything obvious because obviously all these women can be Googled and like they've been on TV for a while. You know what I mean? She didn't say stuff like that. Oh, okay. She was really good. So Rorschach was actually nicknamed Klux in high school, which is German for inkblot. Wow. Um, in high school? I know. So okay. he has, there was this game back in the late 1800s. I haven't seen this. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> there hasn't been an inkblot around here since the 1800s. <laughs> it was a game that kids would play and there was inkblots and then they would like make the monsters and like. Listen, Taryn, there were no video games. <laughs> there were no skip bops or whatever they're called. <laughs> but he loved them. Even as a kid, he loved inkblots. Aw, inkblot. Wait, how do you say it in German? Klex. Klex. I mean, I don't know if I'm saying it right or not. <laughs> yeah, you are. Um, but something I thought was interesting, uh, the final inkblots that Rorschach selected he actually hand drew them and it's the same 10 ink blots you see in every test they're the original ones that he drew people have over the years tried to change them but they go back to them so when rorschach first started the test he was using it more as a perception test to see how they saw things they being the patients right um but then he quickly realized that people were divulging a lot more information about themselves and they weren't necessarily like, oh, this this inkblot inspired me to tell you this personal story. It was like they just were doing certain things that were showing their personality. Okay. Um, there's a book called The Inkblots, and the author, uh, Searles, wrote, seeing is an act not just of the eye, but of the mind. Yep. I just think that's so true. When you're yeah. looking at things, whether it's the sky or art or a person's face, it's like it's activating all of your brain and it can trigger so much emotion and like deeply rooted ideas that you may not even realize you have. Yeah. And also it can like trigger memory. And totally. So, yeah. Yeah. My ex had a distinctive face. So I see his face and a lot of other people's faces. I see his face and a lot of other I know. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't bring up like, there wasn't a lot of baggage from that relationship, but like it does. I'm like, oh, there's so and so. Looks um, like him. But yeah, so he tested 300 mental patients. That's what they called it online. I don't know if that's PC or not. So forgive me now. Uh, yeah, I don't know what is the correct term. I don't know. Patients. He so he tested 300 institutionalized patients and 100 control patients. So people who were just on the street. Gotcha. Um, he had trouble getting his research. Oh. Sorry, I missed something. Oh, my God. We can never go back now. (laughs) I will be so lost in your story. So from that study, that's how he picked his 10 images, because he found the most diagnostic value out of those 10 pictures. And that's how he landed. He tried doing, like, asymmetrical drawings, but he had better outcome with symmetrical drawings. So I don't know how that, like, I don't know how he decided what the, what outcomes were better than others. You know what I mean? Yeah, how would you... I don't know. I don't know either. This is why we're not scientists. Yeah. Or doctors. So he had trouble getting his research published. This is like all within a year, by the way. So he did his research, got it all put together in a book, couldn't get it published, and then he died. No. Yes. He had peritonitis, which is basically inflammation of your stomach or something from... God. Probably from like appendicitis. Oh, okay. So he never got to see, like, that his work is still, like, a massive thing in the world. So, okay, I'm sorry. I was about to interrupt you. I'm sure you're going to tell me, so just continue. (laughs) Okay. Luckily, his research was purchased and published, and it captured the attention of a doctor named Exnar. He took the reins on Ink Blanc... Ink blot <laughs> testing. Ex, Xnar ink blot. <laughs> <laughs> and created a rigorous scoring system that is commonly used today. Um, when he passed away in 2006, psychologists were trying to update his work, but his family refused to let them. Um, so these psychiatrists, they came up with another scoring system that's like slightly less intense. Um, 
this part gets kind of boring, so I'm just going to go ahead and skip on. Okay. <laughs> like getting into the whole scoring system. Yeah. <laughs> so it can. This is how kind of how it works. <laughs> it can be tested on anyone five and up. Though Rorschach didn't think teens would be a good candidate. He's. I'm not exactly sure why he thought that, but in my experience, teens are highly manipulative <laughs> and they typically think with their penis. So I just assume like every ink block test is like you Boops. said earlier. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, okay, you cannot only be seeing these things. Yeah, and I'm sure like teenagers too, they're just not willing to open up about emotional stuff as much. I don't know. I can analyze that myself. So you sit next to a psychiatrist and they go through the images one by one and then they go through it a second time in a more relaxed manner. And this gives doctors time to analyze the patient's reactions and and how they kind of physically hold the ink blot if they ask questions like, Can I touch this? Can I flip this over? Like yeah. how even like their interaction with the psychiatrist all goes into these notes. Um, interpretation of the Rorschach test is not based primarily on what individuals see in the ink blot. These responses are actually only a small portion of the test. Do they have a answer? Like, do they name the drawing or the ink blot? I mean, like trees. Like, if they say trees, they're thinking this. There's like on each image. There's three most common things. Gotcha. That it's called. Okay, yeah. Um, and then, of course, people will get more artsy-fartsy right, or crazy about it. So information is really provided by the time by the time taken before providing a response to the image. Wait, does that make sense? So basically, when they're handed the image, it's that time between the response to the image and having it in their hand that they're getting a lot of information about the patient. So I hand you the image. And I'm immediately starting to look at your body language, mm-hmm. your facial expression, that type of thing? Yeah. So, okay. like, for example, if it's taking them a long time to respond to the image, they could that could indicate a state of shock, you oh, know? Oh, okay. Or this image is inciting shock and in them causing them to not respond quickly. Wow. And any comments they might make about the picture, Sheridan? Yeah. You're full of comments. Oh, my God. I was just thinking if I was to do this test, I'd be like, this is a blah, 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 blah. She's crazy. Okay. So I thought it would be fun to do a couple with you okay. on air. Yes. Only like two. Okay. Or three. Or three. I, I screenshot five, but I don't want to get crazy for listeners. Oh, my gosh. And then I'll post the pictures and yeah. everything online and the link to the BuzzFeed quiz. Perfect. Okay. So here's the first one. I'm sorry. I, you're I, you want, you're Rorschach testing me. Um, that's definitely the bunny on Donnie Darko. <laughs> so thanks do you- for scaring me. <laughs> so the most common uh, responses to this is bat, butterfly, moth, uh, butterfly, butterfly. The, Lots of butterflies. There's something wrong with me. So you think it looks like an evil bunny? Uh huh. I don't think that's too far off, though. It truly looks like the bunny on Donnie Darko. Okay, here's the second one. Okay. Dancing circus bears that are one leg's cut off bleeding. Because that's how they treat animals in the circus. That's true. Um, Okay, so four-legged animal, two humans, um, elephant, or bear. Wow. So there's nothing wrong with me. (laughs) (laughs) We'll do one more. Okay. Oh, um, um, like that's a scene from Ghost when they're both working on making pottery. (laughs) (laughs) Um, two humans, figures, and humans are the most common responses. Well, at least I saw people. Yeah. So it's just, it's interesting. I mean, I'm, I haven't been to a psychiatrist before, so I don't know, like, if you can even have this done until sort of Yeah, do you have to ask? Do you request your psychiatric care? I, I bet if you, like, if you're studying different psychiatrists to yeah. go to, they might list, like, well, wait, no, I think maybe I'm thinking psychologist or therapist. 
I don't, I don't think you get to pick your psychiatrist. You get to pick your therapist. Yeah, I think psychologists do the treatments and testing that they deem necessary. Yeah. I don't think you get to say, can I have the Rorschach? <laughs> do you specifically <laughs> use the Rorschach test? Okay, please leave. I need a different psychologist. Thank exactly. You. Okay, I was thinking therapist. Okay. I think you can get a different psychiatrist. I just don't think it's as easy as a therapist. Yeah, and I think if you're... Never mind. I won't get into this. Okay. Um, so anyways, yeah. Um, I got a lot of my information from Wikipedia. I read a really interesting Smithsonian article. And then I quoted the book uh, by Damien uh, Searles called The Ink Blots. And it's kind of a, it's an autobiography. Autobiography or just biography? It's uh, about Herman. No, and, that's just a biography. Okay. Unless and, Herman wrote it himself. No. Then that's an auto. Yeah. So anyways, that was that. That was awesome. And I'm really (laughs) glad you did show me some because that was fun. Yeah, I was I was trying to jazz this story up a little bit. I started going glossy eyed last night writing it and I was like, okay, I gotta make this. Oh, we gotta put some things in here. All right. Very good. Are you ready for mine? I can't wait. Um, okay, so little backstory on why. Um what led to this goog is we have two baby bunnies in our yard and we've been calling them medium bunny and tiny bunny Um, because that's the only way we can tell them apart. Obviously they're just a tiny bit different in size and we wanted to name them. And so I was like, well, let's look up some like strong women leaders. Well, then it kind of got into uh, like civil right movement women. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to talk to you today about two civil rights um, activists from the 1960s. Um, And then I'll tell you, or no, then you'll find out why the bunnies are named what they're named. <laughs> Medium Bunny is named after Ella Baker. Ella was born Ella Josephine Baker on December 13, 1903. And then she died on her birthday at the age of 83 in 1986. Aww. Same year as your birthday. Um, so she was mostly a behind the scenes organizer working more than five decades. She worked with most of the recognized civil rights leaders, including Thurgood Marshall and Martin Luther King Jr., among many others. But um, in the 1960s, there was this idea of um, participatory democracy. And this was like a really popular political um, activist movement and it included those that were involved in the civil rights movement but it in- combined traditional appeal of democracy with the innovative tie to broader grassroots so basically I put all that in to say like she really wanted to emphasize that like everybody is involved in this it's not just that if you're involved in the civil rights movement like everybody it's is a about part everyone. of everyone yeah so um and that's so true even to this day and people don't realize that like exactly. we are all part of this exactly and that's really why i'm telling these two stories is kind of go back to the top of the show we're just talking about like we're trying to educate ourselves but another mm-hmm. thing is what's really important to educate other people um just because maybe we need to kind of go back to some of these other views and thinking about her being kind of a behind the scenes person mm-hmm. you don't have to be this out in front person who's screaming and yelling you can just kind of hang back but make sure you're doing your part yeah. so and you can make a difference whether you're screaming or quietly donating online exactly or following um black owned businesses mm-hmm. and giving them your money there's all these things you can do so her story was really important and very um eye-opening for me so um Also, she really wanted um, this movement to help um, minimize um, the need for leaders. So, Mm -hmm. like, her main thing was, like, we need to have a call for direct action um, um, as an answer to fear, isolation, and intellectual detachment. And here's a quote from her. She says, you didn't see me on television. You didn't see news stories about me. The kind of role that I tried to play was to pick up pieces or put together pieces out of which I hoped organizations might come. My theory is strong people don't need a strong leader. So anyways. I like that. Yeah. So um, she really just helped. uh, I'm sorry. She really believed in helping organize rather than lead. Um, And I think it's such an important part of her story. Um, And then also something that really needs to be echoed today. 
Um, she was a mentor to other emerging activists, and she mentored a man named Bob Moses um, as a leader in what was called the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, um, and this was also called SNCC. Um, but it, they really believed in peaceful protests. Um, Baker saw the potential for a special type of leadership um, by these young sit-in leaders who were really not prominent in the movement yet. And she really believed that they could revitalize the black freedom movement and take it in a new direction. So um, SNCC became one of the most active organizations in what was the deeply oppressed Mississippi Delta. Wow. Um, She also persuaded SNCC to form two wings. And one wing was for direct action. And the second wing was for voter registration, which was super important in Mm -hmm. getting the black community registered to vote. That was one thing I saw listed to help. Mm-hmm. is to do voter And the Tulsa rally, they did have a voter registration table set up. Awesome. So, yeah, I thought that was really great. That would be a really, like, easy way to volunteer, too. That's true. That's a great idea. Like, if you don't have a big-time commitment. Yeah. Um. So, again, with the grassroots movement, she just wanted to make sure that um, that, that was going through with black sharecroppers, tenant farmers, and other people throughout the South. So those were kind of, like these sit-in leaders were going to these people and making sure that they were voted or I'm sorry, that they were registered to vote um, and making sure that they knew about this movement. That's Um, awesome. um, She really wanted each person to get involved, but she also argued that people under the heel are the most oppressed members of any community and they had to be the ones to decide what action they were going to take to get out from under their oppression. So that's why she was like going into the community and making sure everybody's voice was heard and making sure they knew they had a voice. Um, in her later years, um, she also supported the Puerto Rican independence movement and spoke out against the apartheid in, and I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, in South Africa. And she allied with a number of women's groups, including the Third World Women's Alliance and the Women's International League for Peace and Freedom. And she remained an activist until her death. Aww. So anyways, I thought... There's so much more about her, and she did so many more things, but I just really wanted to pinpoint those, like, main things that she did. She was really an activist for everybody, Mm -hmm. Um, but she was also, like, we don't just need Martin Luther King Jr. We need everybody, and she was very vocal about that. And I like that she took the information to people who may not know or have the ability to, and I feel like Tulsa's trying. (laughs) Yeah. Which is good. And also, she made sure that she empowered these younger leaders Mm -hmm. and kind of gave them those resources needed to make sure that they were successful with what they're doing. So, yeah, it's great. You guys organized a sit-in. But also, have you thought about talking to these people? Have you thought about making sure that you have voter registration? Mm -hmm. Making sure that everybody is able to be a part of this movement. That was um, Obama. Did you read his post I shared on Facebook? Yes, I did. It basically said everything that I was feeling and thinking, except obviously on a whole nother level of intelligence. Um, But it's so true. You know, these like young wannabe anarchists. It's like, dude, you live in America. We're not going to not have a voting system in your lifetime. So just put your vote where you're like... You have to vote local. It's yeah. not just about our president. I mean, it is, but it's about who our local people are. But we live in Oklahoma, are. and we have to also think about who is our governor. Exactly. Well, and guess who's in charge of the police department? Exactly. Local <laughs> yeah. government. And totally. And that's why you have to get out there and vote. Burning shit down is not going to change anything. Right. And also, um, like, thinking about some of these images we see about things getting burned down or looted are a lot of white people doing it. That's my complaint. That's my complaint too. And especially from reading about Ella Baker and her talking about the people who are oppressed Mm -hmm. are the ones who have the answer for getting out of the oppression. Mm -hmm. Not some white teenage boy who's breaking windows. And I also know there's other images as well. So I'm not trying to like be too political here. But it's just hard when you're like, you're not the oppressed. Yeah. This like, is not your time. Exactly. This is your time to be quiet and be there to help support and our not black necessarily community. Be quiet, but be an ally. Speak out against the people who you need to speak out against, but not with violence, not with looting, not with rioting. 
do the peaceful protest the way it's supposed to be done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I really thought there was a lot of things about what she was doing at that time that need to be heard today. So, um, okay. Now I'm going to tell you about Tiny Bunny and Tiny Bunny is Odetta named after Odetta Holmes. Oh, Um, I love that name. I know. I thought that name also, this name just came to me and I looked it up and I was like, it is a civil rights activist name. That is crazy. So anyways, um, you're very intuitive. You're a little bit psychic. I think so. I think I was like, Ella, well, that name, you know, I like that name. That sounds cute. That bunny looks like Ella. And then I was like, that bunny looks like Odetta. And then I was like, oh, okay, mm. sorry. So Odetta Holmes was born on December 31st, 1930. And she was known simply as Odetta. And she was an American singer and actress and also a civil and human rights activist. Um she was often and re- often referred to as the voice of the civil rights movement as far as her singing mm-hmm. um and her musical repertoire consisted largely of american folk music and spirituals mm. have did you listen to any of i that? did and she's great i was like yes Odetta. i want to hear it too okay sounds right at my alley it's she's um yeah it's super soulful you'll love it um so she was a super important figure in the american folk music revival of the 1950s and 60s um and she really influenced a lot of the key folk um singers of that time like bob dylan and joan baez and janice joplin um and also it was stated that rosa parks was her number one fan and martin luther king jr called her the queen of american folk music um so for odetta folk music be it spirituals blues or work songs was a vehicle for expressing the plight and experiences of racism and injustice experienced by black people dating back to the days of slavery. Um, So she was really instrumental to bringing work songs to a broader audience. And work songs was um, explained as like songs that black prisoners um, or slaves on chain gangs um, used to express their enslavement um, and their, I'm sorry, enslaved conditions in the South. Um, in reference to the work songs, Odetta stated, there were liberate, they were, rib- <laughs> blah, 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 blah. In reference to work songs, Odetta stated, they were liberation songs. You're walking down life's road. Society's foot is on your throat. Every which way you turn, you can't get from under that foot. And you reach a fork in the road and you can either lie down and die or insist upon your life. Wow. I was like, Odetta is spilling that tea, y'all. I, I was just like, if that's not more relevant to this very moment right now, then what is? I was yeah. just like, woo, okay. So, um, and she also sang songs about working women um, and like how they were trying to comfort their children, but also trying to do their thing and work. Um, anyway, so her, she used her talents to really push forward the struggle for social justice on many fronts. Um, she also sang three songs at the same rally that Dr. King gave his, I have a dream speech. And she marched alongside Dr. King in the Selma to Montgomery March in 1965. Um, she also did a lot of fundraising concerts to support mobilization. Um, and she also participated in an anti-war march on the Pentagon. Wow. She's a pretty powerful woman. Um, in 1999, Odetta was awarded the National Endowment for the Arts, National Medal of Arts. And in 2003, the U.S. Library of Congress presented Odetta with the Living Legend Award. And Odetta was hoping to sing at Barack Obama's um, inauguration on January 20th. Um, but she and she even had a poster of him over her hospital bed. <laughs> You're going to make me cry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but she died um, before she was able to do that. She'd passed away on December 2nd, 2008. Hmm. So anyways, we have two baby bunnies <laughs> named Ella and Odetta, um, named after two very influential women of the civil rights movement. And I just wanted to share that with you all. I'm sorry I made you cry. <laughs> I'm kind of happy I made you cry in a way because <laughs> though I kind of made it quick on those two, I just was, there was some weird things that I, I, a lot of lists came up like seven most influential people, but these two, and Odetta wasn't even on any of this, these lists. Again, Odetta's name just kind of 
popped out of nowhere. That's crazy. I know. And so then when I was reading about her and reading that, that mostly that quote by her. I was just like, these are just things that are so relevant today and kind of opens our eyes to how far we haven't come as a mm-hmm. country. Yeah. Um, that these things happening in the 1960s still are being worked on to this day. And so, yeah, there's Ella and Odetta. Mm-hmm. We need to know about these people who have tried these things and what worked well and what didn't work well. And what are we going to use to push forward? Because so many things have been used. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think also, like, I didn't know about Ella Baker. I didn't know about what she stood for as far as the strong people don't need strong leaders. Yeah. Yeah, we kind of need some people. But what she's saying is, like, you need people like me, an organizer. Someone who's making sure you're informed, you have the resources you need. Anyways, it's I know hard. I'm saying it, it again, but... No, but it's hard. Like, I love that. Like, that was probably the thing that stuck out to me the most because it's... It sometimes you feel helpless because you're like, well, I can't be, I can't be Obama. I can't, right. I can't even be like Mayor Bynum, you know. But that doesn't mean I can't make an impact. Exactly. Like you don't have to be this incredibly powerful person to make a difference. It's true. And um, a friend of mine on Facebook posted on her status said, "Where's our Martin Luther King Jr.?" And I commented, I was like, "He's all around us. It's in the people." We just have to stand united, truly. I mean, mm-hmm. that's really the only way things are going to happen. And unfortunately, we have a lot of people who are against us, but that's our job. Yeah. Making sure we educate them. So that's it. Let's do some tiny googs because you need some funny in your life now. Well, so one of mine is um, it's technically not a goog, but it was a search. I was okay. searching for some music to listen to, and I was I use Spotify. Uh, and promo code Spotify. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. Um, there's a Black Lives Matter Spotify playlist. Yes. And it's so good. Like uh, full body chills, like song after song. I love that. Yeah. And then, um, so yeah, I've been listening to that between my book and school. It's really good. That's good. Can you listen to music while you're doing school or just no? Come? Yeah, I can't sometimes either. <laughs> sometimes I can. Depending I play on what like it is. Cl- not classical, but I play like some ambient type oh, music. That was one thing I was going to tell you. Just this is not a tiny goog. I have been sleeping to like spa music, uh-huh. and I've had the best last two nights of sleep. Good because you know I, I typically have a lot of stress dreams, and so I was like. Miller and I listen to um, a sound machine at night, mm-hmm. in, but it's like rain and ocean waves and stuff. Maybe that's stressing you out. I know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Because rain, tornadoes, yeah. ocean drowning. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for opening my eyes. So, yeah. So, I'm like, well, this is our new sound machine. It's Spotify spa music, basically. Or medita- spa and meditation, I think, is what the actual I playlist love it. is. I love it. And I, like, woke up this morning. It was like, dong. I was like thank you I slept so good but this kind of you talking about the ocean and drowning kind of leads to my first tiny goog so yesterday we met at the school Um, the leadership team met that was part of our training Um, and it was so nice to see just a few of my teacher friends and we got off topic a lot and kept apologizing to our principal um because we could not stay focused. We were just like, we're seeing humans in person. Yay. We all wanted to talk. Um, but one of the other teachers and I were talking about dream interpretation. <laughs> <laughs> it's so me that, I, I love, that no. I'm the person she'd ask because she just knows I'm that kind of person. But I love it. Um, so she wanted to tell me about a dream she kept, kept having and asked me what it meant. And I was like, well, I'll just look it up in front of you. But so here's her dream that she kept getting a tiny shark. And putting it in a tank, like an aquarium, but it was a bigger tank than the shark. But the shark kept growing to fit the tank. Uh-huh. And then it got so big, it was spilling out of the tank. And she was trying to catch it and put it back in and find somewhere to put him. Which I said, is this that Harry Styles adore you video? But anyways, I'm just kidding. I wanted to bring up Harry Styles again. Um, but anyway, so I was like, well, let's look it up. And I really like learning about dream meetings. Maybe I'll have a dream about a shark. But um, so we discovered that dreaming about sharks indicates strong feelings of anger, hunger, hostility, fierceness, and ruthlessness. 
and you or someone else is going through an emotional period and can be a threat to people's well-being. Oh, God. Couldn't really find anything else about why the shark would be growing or anything as a dream interpretation, but we just kind of all decided as a team that it just meant your problem was growing bigger and bigger and out of control, so... She was like, well, thanks. I didn't have any idea. And then she was like, kind of like looking a little aside. She's like, I don't want to tell her what's going on in my I know. life. And, yeah. And then she was like, uh, yeah, some, I have some feelings of anger that are putting people's <laughs> well-being at risk. And I was like, sorry. So I Googled um, where to get a whole pig to roast. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even want to eat a roasted pig no, like that. No, I started looking at pictures and I was like, there's no way we could eat that. I did it did it say, Lisa, please don't <laughs> eat me. I was like, that was like not gonna cut his head off. Like I can't I don't why is this the tiny goo you wanna talk about? Well, it's just crazy because I I mean, I knew that it meant it was a whole pig, but then I started <laughs> looking at pictures and I was like how do people actually want to eat that by the time they're in? How do you even know if it's all the way done? Okay. When I was in college, we went to this thing because we didn't get out a lot. And it was called a luau. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I was Googling it for my birthday luau. Oh, my gosh. So we go. I didn't. There was nothing on the invitation that says a whole roasted pig is going to be there. Watch out. And then we get in this line to get food. And I'm just like, blah, 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 talking, of course. And then I was like, holy crap. And there was just a giant pig. And they put the apple thing. and it, But it had been being cut into by hundreds of people. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, I'm done. Like, yeah. I've never really. You don't consider, like, you hear that. You don't really think about it. And then you see the picture and you're like, hell no. Yeah. And I think I've never been one that uh, something's gross. I've lost my appetite type of thing. But I was just like. I don't feel like eating. Yeah, needless to say, we're we're not getting a whole pig for my birthday luau. You could get an inflatable one. Oh, that's a funny and idea. And like an inflatable little fire or something. I'm gonna. I'm looking on Amazon. Look, now. Why don't you just ever ask me for ideas? I'm full of them. <laughs> because when I actually like need you to sit down and brainstorm with me, you go. No. You could just make, make me record. You could just make me record a podcast with you, and then I'll say great things. Okay, is that all on your tiny goog? That's on the it. Roasted pig. Okay, yeah. I have one last one. Okay, this is really weird. Okay, I need your full I'm undivided attention. Listening. I'm not I want kidding. To get an inflatable pig. This is she's <laughs> Amazon shopping while I'm talking still. I'm not kidding. This is weird. Is it weird? It's weird. <laughs> okay. Miller and I keep finding tennis balls in our yard. Uh-huh. We've found seven. What? We have no idea where they're coming from. Well, wouldn't you just assume? So listen, we investigated. What happened? We talked to our neighbor to the south. Uh-huh. He does have a dog, but, and it's like a big dog, but he is, um, he uses one of those stick yeah. launchers. Um, and he we know him. We talk to him all the time. It's Mr. Potter. He always throws the ball in the same direction. The grass is even kind of like a rut where the dog runs in the same place. He's like, I never throw the ball that way. Yeah. And he also kind of uses different balls. I mean, they kind of look like tennis balls still. But anyways, our neighbor to the north, they have a dog. It's a tiny dog. These tennis balls would not even fit in this dog's mouth. And he's like, no, we don't have. He has like fuzzy toys we do have another neighbor to like the southwest southeast sorry and they have a dog too and we have seen them like throwing balls to the dog there is like almost no way that these balls would land in our yard where we're finding them because we're finding them kind of over by the trampoline uh-huh. um and their yard is way further away and then also there's a privacy fence for the neighbors directly behind us uh-huh. so and they don't have a dog. Okay, I was about to ask. So we do have a lot of dogs around us. But we've investigated. We've asked them all. Are these your all's tennis balls? Are you guys needing these back? Keep finding tennis balls. So what'd you do? Okay, so I searched it. Why am I finding tennis balls in my yard? <laughs> Nothing came up. <laughs> Nothing. Nobody else has this problem in this world. I'm serious. The only thing I can think is like something's bringing them in the yard. 
like you a need crow. to set a camera up fine i'll do that <laughs> that was I'm the biggest borrow, sign <laughs> i'm borrowing your nest oh my god that's so, so weird I, the reason i am putting this out there is whoever listens to this podcast if you know why i'm finding tennis balls in my yard i need some answers <laughs> Just email us at thankstinycomputer at gmail.com. I'm not kidding. It would be great to have some answers. That is really crazy. It's so weird. And also that there's literally never been anybody else on the internet that's asked this question. (laughs) Well, now the next person who looks it up will see your question. And they'll be like, yes, it's a problem. Okay. Well. All right. Bye. Bye, guys. My ears are sweating.